0: Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Josh Gagnon, who is a pastor, author, and speaker. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode wherever you are across the world. It is a pleasure and honor to be with you today, um, virtually, but still with you. In today's conversation, I speak with Josh, Joshua Gagnon, who is a pastor, author, and speaker. And so in this conversation today, we talk a little bit about his upbringing and his path of ministry in New England. Um, Some of the challenges, but also some of the joys that he's found Um, serving this community in this area for some time now we dig into his latest book it's not over and talk a little bit about God-given dreams and really leveraging these dreams uh, for the kingdom and honoring one's individual giftings talents and then helping people grow as leaders we talk a little bit about leadership development and why this is so important in um, helping build the church and build people um, and help build, build uh, communities um, and just continue to sow seeds in new areas um, of, of the Christian life. And so we talk a little bit more about um, his spiritual life now in the midst of uh, everything that's been going on in 2020 um, and then just... Uh, a few, a few stories of change um, that people have experienced, uh, as well as his own, with Next Level Church. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Josh. Josh, thanks so much for joining me and the guys like us podcasting community.
1: Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Excited to hang out and have a conversation.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so I so I know that you're obviously uh, in New England, and something I wanna I wanna chat about to, just to get going is your roots here. Um, obviously based out of New Hampshire, but you've kind of you quite familiar with the landscape um, as well. Can you, can you just talk a little bit about your uh, your background? Um, have you have you always been in New England, or um, yeah. have you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was born in Texas. And so, you know, I don't know if I can claim to be a, a Texan because I was only there for a short amount of time, but okay. I was born in Texas and, um, my parents moved back to New England where they grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. And so, uh, we moved back to Massachusetts uh, for quite a while. And then yeah. my parents found themselves in Southern New Hampshire, right over the border in Massachusetts of Massachusetts and pretty much spent most of my life growing up right there. Yeah bouncing back and forth between those two states and so in new england as you know it's made up of six states but we yeah. can get to all of them in one day which is a lot different than most places in the country yeah. and so you know we kind of claim to 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 be from new england and uh we are we uh spend a lot of time in florida now next level to church the yeah. church i pastor has location there and so i have the honor of of uh, my wife's family is down there so i have the honor of kind of bouncing back and forth quite a bit but um yeah i've been in new england super 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 new like i'm a new england sports fan when they stunk right so uh, you know i'm the guy (laughs) i'm the guy going to school when the patriots are one in 15 one in 15 being made fun of because i was wearing the fake starter jacket because my family couldn't afford the real one and i'd be made fun of like oh you guys stink but like I would cry. I yeah. would labor through all the, all the losses. And so now that the yeah. Patriots have had a good run, more people are Patriots fans. But I I was there when nobody wanted to be their fans. Same thing with the Celtics, although it's a little bit more of a a, a stronger legacy of the past. But, right, um, right. Just, you know, I'm sliding across the floor. I remember Alonzo Mourning back in the day when he was with Charlotte hitting a, hit, hitting a game-winning shot in the playoffs and breaking my heart. And so yeah. Yeah. New England sports fan to the roots, Tyler. New England yeah. to the root.
0: That that, that's so funny because I I think first with that the Florida New England connection. There's a lot of lot of folks that go you know will uh, retire down in Florida, and so I know my family's in a similar situation, and so there's there's definitely that connection uh, that New England uh, Florida connection. But it's funny growing up in Massachusetts myself. um, There's always you know the the New Hampshire is kind of like a like a lost cousin or like a or just or you know someone that that you don't stay in touch with as much because being from boston i think there's this there's this a little bit of this pride or elitism being being from boston and um you know maybe going up to new hampshire for vacation or uh you know if you have to go go up there then you uh you make the trek but um, yeah we we still welcome you as family here in massachusetts well we'll take you
1: <laughs> once in a while in the north i always mm-hmm. tell people like where do you live i say 50 minutes from logan airport in boston because yeah. if i don't say that they 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 don't know where you are in new england no. so yeah. 50 yeah. minutes from the airport in boston is where i live
0: yeah Totally, and so uh, you had mentioned obviously you're pastoring Next Level Church, uh, yeah. which is a, a multi-campus church here in New England and and obviously now in Florida. Can you uh, can you just and this is kind of I guess going to segue into your book? Um, it's not over, um, which which came out uh, back in February now, and so yeah. I know has kind of I'm sure you've kind of went on some cl- some cr- some crazy and some fun rides since then. Um, but just talk a little bit about what um, what your ministry kind of Projection was looking like when you were younger, um, and was were you always interested in having that dream of being a pastor?
1: Yeah, no, no, not at all. No. I um, I was actually um, athletic, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I mm-hmm. would uh, I had a dream of playing in the NBA, and so I played college basketball. I played a little bit of professional basketball outside of uh, the United States, and so. I had a real passion to, to pursue athletics. However, you know, as a short, short dude probably should have picked a different sport other than basketball. Looking back, I wish I would have picked something different. However, yeah. it was, you know, God had me there. And so yeah. Yeah. never really had a passion to, to pastor a church. Matter of fact, I only thought about it a couple times. And the reason why Tyler is, when uh, Matter of fact, when we were traveling from Texas to New England, my parents were moving, like mm-hmm. we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, they put me down on a – they went into a hotel, and they put me on the bed, and they hadn't finished cleaning the room yet. And one of the maids actually came in. My parents were super, super strict, like didn't really believe in words of knowledge or wisdom and that whole spiritual mm-hmm. realm. But this maid came over and said uh, – spoke over me and said, your son's going to lead thousands of people to Jesus and, mm-hmm. and just uh, prophesied really over mm-hmm. me. And um, it was crazy because my parents told me about that about two or three times growing up, but it went in one ear and out the other. You know, now looking back at it, it's like, oh, my gosh, is that special? Um, However, yeah, I I didn't Hmm. didn't want to be a pastor, never even thought about it, didn't go to Bible school, uh, went off to just regular college, uh, pre-law, criminal justice um, played some basketball, came home from playing basketball. And my mom yeah. said, there's a real pretty girl playing the piano at church. You should come to church. I hadn't been to church in years. Yeah. And I was like, real pretty girl. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do church. Yeah. And so I went yeah. to church and ended up dating that girl for about three years. She's not Uh, who I ended up marrying, but I did marry someone from that church. Jennifer, my wife, who's Mm. just, uh, I don't have to say this. I get to say this. she's my best friend, just such a blessing to me. And, and, um, but I dated that girl for three years. And and during that time I started taking courses online, Bible courses online because my heart was broken for the fact that I did believe that God existed. Mm. I believe in the story, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. However, now being Mm. not growing up necessarily in church, not going to a Bible school and landing at 23 years old with this new refined faith, yet having all friends who wanted nothing to do with God's church. And as a result, they kind of tied God's church and God together. So if I don't want to go to church because I feel like it's hypocritical and judgmental, I don't want to know God because he must be that way. Mm. And so now I'm stuck within this dilemma that that, mm. that, 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 this crossroads and that's why we started next level church. It was like, I want to reach my friends in new England. Cause as you know, the yeah. new England being the least church region of America, I was like, listen, my friends won't walk into a church because they feel like a judgmental hypocritical and they believe God's that way. Yeah. What if we started a church that looked more like the character of God? Wow. And so we started next level church 12 years ago with 12 people and $200 and, um, hmm. last Easter, we had 9,000 people in attendance. And so it's been, uh, it's been great to see what, what God will do. Not because I'm educated, not because I'm, I'm, I'm too gifted, but more or less just because we simply just want to love people and love God and welcome people in their brokenness to meet a God who makes us whole.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's fantastic. Fantastic. In, in terms of the, um, I think people being thrown off when maybe the character of the people. Um, in church or the church itself doesn't actually match or even kind of maybe even a foretaste into the character of God and so I think that's such a I think an important missional um missional mindset to have now of you know what 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 am how am I actually practicing the way of Jesus in my day-to-day day day life how am I loving others how and and that, that will maybe just give a glimpse into the into the God that we serve yeah yeah can you can you so obviously starting with 12 people and now just as you mentioned has um in new england that's that's kind of unheard of to to go to a large um such a large uh camp all the different campuses you have now what was there some activation moments where you really started to notice wow this is this is um something's changing here and god's really moving in this space
1: yeah i think i think when god calls us to something we have to be confident in the personality that he's called I think a lot of times when God calls us, whether it's to a new business career or a new a mission opportunity, ministry opportunity, maybe even marriage, whatever it looks like. When mm-hmm. God calls us into a new season, we often feel like we have to change our character or our personality. We have to change our personality to fit now the calling. And mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of times like we got to mm-hmm. act smarter. We've got to act wiser. We've got to say things a certain way. We've got to do things and dress a certain way. And, and for me, what I've, I've, I've fought to find confidence in the, in the truth that if God called me to this position, he can use the personality that I have. And early on, when we first started, I literally the first weekend, and I, I had never known Craig Groschel is a pastor. Uh, he's
0: yeah.
1: uh, a pastor of mine, close uh, friend of mine. And um, he, he'd always been, uh, you know, we, we would talk once, to, once every other uh, month and, And um, he would speak life and hope and and, um, and he's known for the multi-site movement where having several locations. And it's funny that before I ever even met him, I felt like God had called me to multiple locations before I – because growing up in New England, as you know, I had no idea about the multi-site movement. But I stood up the first week and before I knew Craig, before I knew about multi-site, and I literally said, guys, I just want you to know we're going to have locations all over. And the reason is, is because God created me more of an entrepreneurial spirit, right? That's my personality. If you stuck me in the corner of a church at one at the corner in a building and said, live here and pastor here for your whole life, I would rot. But my personality Mm -hmm. is develop leaders around me, empower them to lead. And you keep, you know, my personalities grow and continue to move. And so and so. Um, that's really what happened at Next Level Church. It was just my personality, my gifted, my mm-hmm. calling, and an understanding I need to surround myself with people who were strong at what I wasn't, and yeah. it just started to take God. off. We just started launching locations, and of course, then you know I mentioned Craig Rochelle. What's funny is when we first yeah. started Next Level, he gives away all of his material, sermon material. Uh, to, on a website where you can look at all of his sermons. You can look at what he's preached. You can look at the outline. And I had never preached a message a day in my life before I started next level church. And so yeah. I remember I went to this website and I looked at one of his outlines. I was like, okay. And I just kind of made it my own. Yeah. And it was funny that God used that to teach me how to even preach. Cause I had never even taught a message before, but God used that in my life. And
0: so, yeah.
1: um, I think it's being just what we've seen is just been confident what God's called us to do. Everybody told me video would never work in new England. There's no way people are going to go and listen to somebody teach on video in new England. That's not true. Uh, I think we are probably Mm -hmm. one of, if not the first church using video teaching, complete video teaching. Uh, I was nowhere. No, I I go to none of the locations in person. I'm just there on video and everybody said no way in new England. Mm -hmm. And, um, no, that's not true. And so I think it's being true to what God's called us to, trusting yeah. that he'll continue to be faithful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, guess what? Everything now is video, so. Um. Yeah, exactly. how that work? <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. And so, yeah, I, I love Craig's story as well. And starting, similar, starting in a, uh, I think for him it was a garage. Garage. Yeah. yeah, and just, um and then one thing that I I, I really admire in, is, is his development of leaders as well. And something I know that you're Crazy. really- that you're really passionate about. So what, what is so, I think it can be something that is, that can be overlooked, um, yeah. in, in our walk with God is kind of bringing others up, uh, finding their gifts their in their, their dreams and their talents. Um, yeah. can you talk a little bit about how you've experienced developing others? Um, because obviously having, you know, multi-site different campuses, you need these other people who are going to be able to, um, really drive, drive forward the the church here?
1: Yeah. I think, I think the first step in that in in developing leaders is truly wanting others to succeed beyond, beyond your own success. Yeah. I think truly getting to the point of humility in the kingdom of God where we don't need the credit and we truly want people to soar even further than we can soar. Hmm. And, you know, you had mentioned, you know, really respecting Craig's leadership I mean, he's just super humble, and you know, when when we would talk on the phone, we still do. He he's just completely humble, as if as if as if as if we're peers. When the reality is, is he's so many miles ahead of my leadership. Yet, just in his humility, mm-hmm. asking questions, caring. And so I'm glad you've seen yeah. that from a distance. You know, they say, you know, you can impress people from far away, but you only impact them up close. And I'll be honest with you, the closer you get to many of these people, the Christian world looks at as celebrities yeah. per se. Man, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, someone like Craig, he the closer you get to him, the more you recognize that the reason he's a great leader and develops great leaders because he truly is humble. He cares for others and he truly does want people to soar. Uh, beyond him and so I think learning that not just from him but I've seen that in so many other leaders Gordon McDonald is somebody who I'm super close with and he's from New England and and um just 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 being around leaders that have shown me that the greatest way to lead others is to truly place yourself at their hands and feet be willing to wash their feet be willing to be willing to to Hmm. pray and believe and allow them to soar higher than you can soar and at first it wasn't easy, Tyler. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd raise up others and people would be like, man, that person can really preach well. And immediately you start thinking, oh, maybe I can't. And maybe they wish they would preach. Wow. I can yeah. honestly tell you, um, I, I the older I get... Uh, the more I truly, when someone says that, I hope they can preach better than me. It would just mean I get more weeks off from teaching. So at the end of the day, it's like, I want to do my job better than ever before raising people up because I know that if I become the centerpiece of this, we're only going to go as high as I can go. And that's not too high alone.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and I think, was there points for you as you were starting to um, grow in just in numbers and obviously in campus too, that there's kind of a, maybe a different perceived expectation of the type of uh, person that you're supposed to be. And obviously with kind of that, as you grow, there's more responsibilities, you know, the the problems don't become easier, but more complex. What, how have you found, I think that humility is huge. Is it, what what type of practices and just the spiritual disciplines have been helpful for you and, um, Mm. and staying grounded and just being, um, being emotionally healthy in in these times?
1: Yeah, you go through stages, you go through stages. So, you know, when next level got to a certain size, you know, I started to wonder if, if maybe I should just let my team lead the staff and kind of be a little bit more isolated from that. But then I recognized that that just wasn't my personality. That's just not my DNA. And so Hmm. I never wanted to be separate from the team. I, 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 you know, the reality is, is, is I'm just like anybody else. And so I think humility, um, I don't know, I go back and forth, Tyler, on the question, have I become more humble, or did I just become more successful? And I struggle with that tension, right? So you look at it and you're like, okay, um, does 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 being successful, does being successful, just give you less to prove, or in that success have I actually become humble? And so I like to think that I've fought for humility. I like to think that I've become more humble. It, it, for instance, you know, when 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 you have somebody well beyond anything I've ever accomplished or probably will ever accomplish, somebody um, who's doing amazing things. Yeah. and you get around them and they're humble, is it simply because they have nothing to prove because everybody already thinks they've arrived or have they actually become humble? And so I kind of go hmm. back and forth in my own spirit of making sure wow. that that humility yeah. is genuine, that it's a true humility. And, and for me, it's, it's with open hands I find humility. It's remembering that God's kingdom is not my own, that God called me to this and he can take it. He can, he can empower it. He can take it. It's completely yeah. his um, and so, yeah, there's, there's different stages. I mean, during COVID, there's yeah. been a stage of, of finding a purpose. And, you know, I even came to a place where I asked myself, like, man, what do I even believe? You know, for 12 years, I've been just going to town. I've been building and trusting and, and praying. And yeah. my whole focus has been on his kingdom and building this thing, allowing him to, to, to use me to build his kingdom. And yeah. I put out everybody else's fires. I talk to staff about their problems. I talk to people about their problems. My whole job is to build everybody else's faith. And I, during the season just said, Hey, listen, if there's ever a time I want to walk away, I could walk away. It's right now. And I'll just be honest with you. I just asked myself, hmm. what do I believe? Do I just preach Jesus or do I believe? Is this should become something I do because it's a career or is this who I am? Cause it's hmm. my calling. Hmm. And, um, I told my wife, oh. I was willing to walk away from it all. Yeah. And, um, we really just, I want to say pray, but it was like a spirit of prayer, right? It wasn't like these like five minute prayers. It was almost like an attitude of just seeking. And the Bible says to search out your salvation. I think God, David does this all the time in scripture, lamenting. And I kind of was in that season of like, all right, God, if I'm going to, if I'm going to go through this pandemic and get to the other side of it, I'm going to be even more confident that I'm not doing this because it was a career and I'm not doing this because I was raised a Christian. I'm not doing this because I've just bought into a faith that I now sell everybody, Yeah. I want to believe this thing to my root. Do I still believe it? And um, thank- yeah. that, thankfully, yeah. I, I, I come to that place where I I, I do. I, at the end of the day, it's a pillar in my life, and I'm not walking away. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's a it's continued battle like that. It's it's continuously just getting in those moments with Jesus where you're just vulnerable, uh, yeah. seeking out humiliation. At the end of the day, recognizing that that um, that He's the center of it.
0: Yeah. I think that that kind of a light went off in my head as you were, as you were talking about that and really separate or just understanding the difference between a career and what is a calling. Um, Was there, and so I'm thinking kind of about my own little kind of self-examination here, but like is, was there moments for you where um, you could have gone a particular way and it would have looked fine. People wouldn't have asked any questions, but you, but God was really telling kind of speaking into this different area that might have been a little bit, maybe odd or strange, but ultimately would um, would really just be a, f- a faithful step of obedience.
1: Yeah, so even next level getting started, I owned a drywall company. And I was making $200,000 yeah. a year at about 25 years old. And uh, just doing great. Wow. My dad owned a company and I started wow. my own. I was doing wonderful. Wow. And I had a, I, I say this just to kind of give you just a picture. I, I owned a house, I owned a Range Rover. Like at that age, you you feel like you've made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was was walking with God. Um, and then that's when I started to have this genuine, I feel, calling, like this passion. And so I can remember the moment where I started having Bible studies in my basement. Yeah. And it starts growing. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the point where we're like, maybe we should move this into an, a public space. And, and that's when we launched. And it kept growing. And I can remember yeah. um, we came to a crossroads. I either yeah. had to choose next level church, going the direction that I felt like I was taking it to really reach thousands of people or continue making resources in owning the things I owned. And I yeah. can remember that decision with my wife. We were one year married and we ended up giving up our home, wow. um, losing our vehicles. Um, we ended up restructuring our life. There was no way of getting out of it because we yeah. had set ourselves up to make what I could never make in ministry, You know, starting this church. And so, yeah, I think in that moment, it was for me, this calling, and and honestly, that calling wasn't to be this pastor of a big church. I think the calling, now that I look back on it, that calling was, I just really do believe that God loves people and that God has a purpose for them. I really do, at my root, believe that far too many Christians are waiting for heaven when God wants them to have purpose here on earth. I really do believe that the goal of Jesus wasn't just heaven, but it was to give us life in the now. And I really believe it. And I wanted to see that in people and that's that calling. And um yeah. so we had to give everything up and we start the church yeah. and I can remember at first I got paid one hundred dollars a week if the giving tithes were uh one thousand dollars a week, I would get one hundred. If they were less than one thousand, I got zero. So we had no outside yeah. support at all. Yeah. And so just to kind of give you the raw roots, yeah, yeah. that yeah. at that moment in time, I'm telling you, that's that's a call, that's that's a risky get out of the way, just go after this calling
0: yeah. type decision yeah yeah no definitely i mean that's it, that's I, i'm thinking about that now and you know i think there's there's people out there right now that are listening who are maybe thinking about um stepping out whether it's in you know planning a church or or, or just taking this a big step of faith right now in their life and there's some there's some some barriers or some just some resistance that they're facing but um just feel really encouraged myself and the listeners will of of taking that step out and um if you know, I my kind of rule rule of thumb is you know if 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 I if I'm feeling the same way and if God's speaking to me clearly within a few weeks, then I I really try and step out in faith. So yeah, yeah, that's mine
1: as well. Kind of following that piece.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't know if I'm I'm never hundred percent sure. I land it. I go by eighty percent. That's kind of my rule in life. Wow. If I'm eighty percent sure, I'll take the step of faith. Yeah. Um. You know, the reality is I'm not even hundred percent sure that I'm not even hundred percent sure that. That, that God is real. Now, a lot of people push back on that, right? Did we just have a pastor say he's not 100% sure? I think it would be anti-the gospel if I was 100% sure, because we learn it's by faith. Yeah. So if you're 100% sure, it takes no faith.
0: Hmm.
1: And so, no, I, I in faith, find myself at 100% assurance. But when I li- logically think through it, yeah. I don't find myself 100% sure, Of many things (laughs) it's 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 the faith that fills the gap between my assurance and in that confidence and so i would say when it comes to even taking steps of faith if i'm 80 percent sure and i'm finding peace in that you know what the reality is is i don't feel like we have a god in heaven that gives us three doors to pick from and he says pick the right door and if you don't you're screwed like that's not what i see as the character of god i think god says here's here's three doors I want you to pray through them, and if you get it wrong, because you're you're normal, you're you're calm, you you're, you have flesh. If if you pick yeah. the door that that maybe maybe isn't the best, guess what? I'm not a mean God. If you pick that door with the right heart, I'm not going to now let you live screwed the rest of your life. Yeah. He says he can make all of our paths straight. That's what he says. So I'll make your path straight. How does he make your path straight? By a humble heart that we have that is sacrificed and willing to have him lead us. And so I think far too many people out yeah. there make the wrong move and they think they're forever now in the wrong door. Hmm. I believe in a God who makes our path straight. So yeah. just to give some listeners some some confidence. You don't have a God in heaven saying pick the right door or you're screwed. You have a God in heaven saying step out in faith, do the due diligence of prayer, seek me and you will find me. Continue to trust me. And if you get it wrong with the right heart, I can straighten your path. Yeah. I am God.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think now, just in a heightened time of um, of anxiety, of depression, uh, just the rates really, and it's, um, faith is at, you know, it, it seemed to be at, just, just tested and really kind of put to the, it, it's, I think sometimes we can um, just tr- try and understand things by just what we see in front of us. Um, and so, take, seeing seeing a bigger picture and just looking at something that's beyond yourself, I think is one of the most the most challenging things for, for us to do, but also just shows us that we are human as well and that we can't yeah. that we're not we're not going to see everything right now. And um, some things maybe not in this side of eternity. So, um, yeah, yeah. My
1: son Malachi yesterday he was sitting on the couch and he uh, he's looking at me. I said, what are you what are you thinking about? He goes, just the wind. I said, what are you talking? He's 12, he's 13. I said, yeah. the wind, what are you talking about? He's like, I was thinking you can't see the wind, but you know, it's there. And just like God, you can't see God, but there's evidence that
0: he's here. Yeah. And I said,
1: okay, maybe you should start preaching. I'll, I'll go ahead and back away from this whole thing. <laughs>
0: right. Right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, can you, yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about, um, I think kind of as we wrap up for today as well. Yeah. Um, just in, in 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 the book, what are some of the biggest the biggest things that you'd like readers to take away? And I do hope people, folks can grab a copy as well. And we'll uh, yeah. I'll link to all that as well. But
1: yeah, it launched one week before COVID shut down the world, <laughs> and so that was funny timing on a book. It's not over, and then COVID hits, and um, yeah. really, it's a book on on believing that God has a plan and that God has a purpose, and yeah, that we can dream and the word dream often is like this word love, right? It becomes, it loses its meaning because it's overused. You know, we love ice cream and we love Jesus, right? It's like, well, which is it? Right. And -hmm. I think the word dream is the same. It's like dream again, dream again. But I really feel like our dreams are really another word for hope having hope in life. Mm -hmm. It was um, the core of the title came from a time where I was visiting a friend of mine in prison. Uh, He's a pastor who made a horrible decision and he ended up in prison And, um, everybody swam downstream I swam upstream in love. I said, Mm. at the end of the day, I'm not sure that we should all just leave this pastor now. And so I was the first person to ever visit him in prison. And, uh, he was, we were at table number seven and I can remember I stood up at the end and I gave him a hug for the three second maximum you're allowed. And I said, it's not over. And he looked back at me and he said, I'm not sure I believe that. And as I drove home, I saw people pumping gas and mowing their lawns and jogging, and I felt like the Spirit of God just impressed on wow. my heart that not all of us are living inside the walls of a prison believing that, but many of us are walking through life believing that our best days are behind us, that wow. that the marriage we have is just a marriage, that the career we're in, is, is this is it. And I started thinking, like, what what happens in life from the moment when we're younger, when we believe that anything is possible, to now, where we simply just go through life, brush our teeth, do the same thing, go home and live the same life, not believing for a greater tomorrow? Yeah. And I realized there's, there's a lot of expectations that haven't been met, a lot of disappointments that have taken place. Um, you know, yeah. I'll give one more story of a time where I write sure. about it in the book where I was at the Tampa Zoo and there was an eagle. And my kids were super excited. This eagle was just sitting on a stump and it wasn't moving. And I thought it was like, you know, mechanical thing. But finally I found out that it was a real eagle because there was a sign that said it's been injured and can no longer fly. And I started thinking, you know, for 10 minutes, I stared at this eagle thinking like this thing was created to soar. It was literally created to soar. Does it ever look up in the sky and wonder what the other birds are feeling? Does it ever remember what it felt like to soar? Yeah. And I felt like God just gave me a visual picture of what so many people are living life like on earth. They're living grounded, but God has called us to soar. We haven't been called to be grounded Christians to be grounded followers in Jesus. We've been called to believe that greater is he than is us, than he that's in this world. And we can soar inside of that faith. And so we talk about prayer in the book, how prayer life and our dream life co, you know, coexist. They're not separate. We talk about the different relationships to put around ourselves, vampires, zombies, sidekicks, and heroes. We talk about those four different people (laughs) on how they affect our dreams. Uh, We talk about the resistance we're going to face while we're going after our dreams, uh, we talk about what to do in the comparison trap, how to handle uh, feelings of disappointment. So, wow. um, yeah, it's a, it's a book based all on on that. And Mark Batterson uh, wrote the foreword for a good friend of, of, of mine. And if yeah. you've written any of his books or read any of his books, um, it has that heartbeat. It has yeah. the heartbeat to be more than an overcomer
0: wow. Wow. in Christ. Amen. Yeah. And it's, I, I've, uh, I've written, I've read a few Mark Batterson books. I've had him on the podcast as well. And it's, um, I, you know, I always feel left inspired and, uh, Ugh, and you impo- can't talk
1: to that guy without feeling like one, you don't love Jesus. You're like, every time I talk to him, I'm like, I'm not sure I, I need to figure out my life. Cause I don't know if I love Jesus. Cause this guy here just apparently is on a whole nother level on fire, on
0: fire. And then, exactly. and then, that's, and then
1: you're always thinking you need to, every time you get off, hanging out with him, you feel like you have to go chase something. You're like, oh, I got to go chase something, a goose down, a lion. I got to do something. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> So true. So true. There, you know, I, I there, there's always something that he's up to and it, but um, there's always just this fresh fire and this fresh energy Incredible. and spirit into, into everything that is, um, that, that they're, that he's doing, and that they're doing over at National Community Church. Couldn't agree more. So, um, well, Hey Josh, it's been a real joy and an honor to have you on the podcast and um just excited for, um, but first of all, just to see how much energy and enthusiasm you have, you know, now that this is, we're in recording at the end of September, this book coming out in February, I'm th- I think to myself, like, Oh, you know, if I, if I wrote a book, like, am I going to still be, am I going to still enjoy talking about it down the line? It's like talking about
1: one of you, It's like talking about one of my kids. You that's know, fair. you pour so much that's into fair. it and you believe in it. That's why I'll say this one last thing. If anybody wants to write a book, that's why you make sure you write about something. Someone told me this, um, They said, write about something you can talk about the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was good wisdom because I keep talking about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I mean, yeah, I I think it's when you, when you talk about your experiences too, there's something going through them and having that, that lived like, Hey, I I went through this um, and came out on the other side of it, man, it is, if, if God has done it before, there is, you know, there's no stopping him doing it again. So awesome. All right. Um Josh, where can we find you in, in the book? Um, if, if listeners um would like to grab a copy and just stay up to date with uh, with everything that you're doing, uh over yeah, at next level.
1: Yeah. Uh, books are anywhere the books are sold. Yeah. Most people go to Amazon nowadays, but you can get it in yeah. bookstores and wherever yeah. wherever you wanna wherever you buy books. And um Josh Gagnon is uh, my Instagram and I think it's Pastor Josh Gagnon on Facebook, but Instagram is where I do most of my work. Okay, And so you can hang out with me there. And uh, thanks, Salah for all you're doing and uh, getting the Word of God out there and encouraging, encouraging people. It's been awesome to, to hang out with you.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you.